0: Welcome to the At The Table podcast, a production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. On this podcast, we aim to explore how church leaders can more effectively understand and utilize the voices of young single adults in their words and stakes. You'll hear from experienced church leaders and young single adults about best practices, inspiring stories, and encouraging methods to help us all follow Jesus Christ together. My name is Kami Castrillón. I'm originally from Colombia. I was born and raised there, and I moved to the United States when I was 16. I moved to the big city of New York, and that's where I joined the church. And then soon after, I served my mission in Riverside, California. Then after my mission, I moved to Utah, and I've been here ever since. I love dancing, especially salsa, hiking, baking. And I am thrilled to be part of this amazing podcast, At The Table.
1: I'm Jared Pearson, and I have the pleasure to be a a co-host on the At The Table podcast. I'm currently in Provo, Utah, but I was born and raised in Livermore, California, right outside San Francisco, California. I ended up serving my mission in New Hampshire, uh, the New Hampshire-Manchester Mission, and some of my favorite things are playing pickleball, tennis, or staying inside playing some board games or reading books as well. And I'm just really excited to be part of this. We're here today with Alex and Tamson, and we're really excited to have them here, and we just want to start off getting to know them a little bit. So we'll start with Tamson. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
2: Thanks, I'm so excited to be here. I am um, living in the D.C. area right now, um, and I grew up mostly here in Virginia, but um, have moved around quite a bit since um, college, since then, since moving away from Virginia after college. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been in the DC area for about a year and a half and, um, have been able to serve in a couple of different callings. And right now I'm on the Stake Relief Society Advisory Council, um, which has been a really wonderful, um, leadership experience for me. Then it's really been really interesting to see. YSA experiences from a lot of different places that I've been in and kind of compare them.
0: That's really cool. Thank you. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, What about you, Alex? Tell us a little bit about you.
3: I work as a staffer on on Capitol Hill. I've worked for a congressman for the last two years. And actually in a couple of weeks, I'm starting a new job um, working for uh, a senator. So, um, you know, I've been grateful to have you know a variety of experiences in the YSA in different parts of the country and um, Washington DC is home it's great to be back and uh, I'm currently serving as second counselor in the bishopric in my YSA ward here in Northern Virginia.
1: Going to kind of the basic makeup or how things are organized in your area, how would you articulate how everything is spread out or how everything is made up in your stake?
3: So our, our YSA stake is pretty diverse. Um, we've got some high concentration areas just outside of Washington, D.C., um, where Tamsin and I live. Um, there are three pretty sizable wards, YSA wards. Um, and then we also have some other units, um, some branches and some wards um, outside of that area that make up geographic um Kind of normal stake boundaries. Um, so we do, it, it is interesting, you know, in my ward, um, I'm a local, I'm from Northern Virginia, but a lot of people in my ward are from all over the world, not just even in the United States. You've got a lot of YSAs that are far away from their families, um, but we also have wards in our stake of um, people that have lived here their whole lives, um, they may still live with family. Um, they're going to school, they're working, um, preparing for missions. So we really do have a, a variety of, of um, YSAs and different life situations in our state.
1: You've been in a lot of places, like different places around the world or in different places in the United States as well. And I'm sure it's been a pretty different experience in each of those places. What did you take away from each of those experiences that you had and what did you like, like what stood out to you in each area? What, what was going on? I guess.
3: It's been, it's been fun to see kind of the evolution, so to speak of, of the YSA program in the church. And, um, you know, there've been so many changes over the past five, six years. If you look at ministering, um, you know, the combination of elders quorums and and high priest groups, um, and also, you know, Giving YSA is an op- more of an opportunity to serve um, in leadership capacities, and I think what we're seeing, kind of a general trend that I've at least seen the last several years in the church, is um, giving members more of an opportunity to be involved in the work and um, to have the experiences to grow and to progress. And you know, I think one of the challenges with YSA sometimes is we feel a little isolated. Um, from other parts of the church, whether that be family wards and, you know, especially with YSA that are in YSA wards longer, um, that's a lot of time to be um, away from, you know, kind of the the church environment that we grew up in. Um, But I think some of these changes and, um, you know, the opportunities that we're now being given are helping us grow and and progress in ways that maybe weren't possible even uh, four or five years ago.
2: I, I do feel really lucky that I've been able to experience the church as a YSA in many different places, lots of different places and kind of different contexts also. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to kind of look back on the difference between, um, kind of the undergrad YSA ward, um, kind of right out of high school until graduating from college that that was a very different environment and different stage of life for me um but it was really exciting even I mean that was that was a while ago (laughs) but when I was in my undergrad I had the opportunity to be in a Relief Society presidency um and I felt completely far too young and and inexperienced to have a calling like that um and it is a lot of a lot of responsibility I felt I felt like it was a lot of responsibility for me um as as someone who had only had callings for like in young women's. Um and I wasn't right out of high school. I was um a few years into my undergrad at that point. But um it was a huge blessing to have that responsibility and to grow in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to just understanding both the way the Lord works with leadership and YSAs and understanding kind of growing in my understanding of service in the church um, and, and, uh, and how to love and serve in a different way. Um, And that was a really wonderful experience for me and really rewarding to be able to serve Um, kind of more completely and with a lot more responsibility than I had um, prior to that. Um, So that was a really good experience and a very different experience and environment than later on. This this wasn't in a YSA ward, but when I was um, in the UK, I was in a very small ward in Canterbury, um, and we had a very small YSA group. I think there were probably five to seven people who came normally and then sometimes, you know, fluctuated a little bit to be more than that. But, um, I loved that experience too, being in a family ward and being able to still have a sense of, belonging and friendships with people my own age and people who were going in going through or in similar situations as I was, but then also to be integrated into a family ward where I was interacting with the young women and the youth and the very elderly people in the ward and the families with the little kids. And that sounds like a lot, they were, this was a very small ward, but it was really wonderful to kind of be integrated into a family ward as a YSA in a very different experience than um, either here in the DC area or in Utah, or even some of the YSA wards here in Virginia. Um, so I think those are probably two of the most contrasting experiences that I've had, um, both really fulfilling and really rewarding, um, but also very different stages of my life. I was in a different stage, and it was a very different kind of context for being a YSA.
0: We would like to hear more about that experience that you've had with uh, those callings that you currently have.
2: So, yes, I um, right now I am serving on the Stake Relief Society Advisory Council, um, which is is basically a group of um, relief society members of the Relief Society who serve, sort of, with or under the stake Relief Society presidency. Um, we support um, them and their callings. Help to um, minister to the Relief Society members, uh, the Relief Society sisters that are in the stake. Um, and this is this could be anything from um, all. Kind of, I'll receive a text from the Stake Relief Society president saying, "Hey, can you visit this person? Just if you can, stop by, bring her something, bring her a treat, tell her just visit with her for a little while." And usually, I don't really have a context for why, um, but it could be anything. Serving on the on the council can be anything from that to um, planning Stake Relief Society conferences or activities, and uh, it's also a really wonderful way to build really good friendships that I would otherwise not have the opportunity to, to build.
3: So my, my experience, I I've been really blessed, um, similar to what Tams was saying to learn from some great leaders throughout my life, even going back to you know, young men's and young men's advisors, um, you know, I've had an opportunity to serve as an executive secretary, um, um, to a bishop in YSA ward, um, as a clerk in a, in a stake presidency. So I've been really blessed to learn from some great leaders. And I think one thing that, um, you know, adult leaders, whether it be bishops or stake presidents, they have such a tremendous impact on us and YSA, why as YSAs and, you know, whether they know it or not, we watch them and we we pick up a lot from them. And I think the opportunity to serve with them and just be around them is is a really valuable opportunity for us. Um, I was, prior to serving as second counselor of the bishopric, I was serving as an elders quorum president. And um, we had our the high counselor that was assigned to our ward um, and assigned to kind of work with me and help train me and help me learn. Um, offered to go on visits with our presidency every, every Wednesday night. So every Wednesday night, um, we would set up the visits. Um, one of the members of our presidency would go with him and then um, the other two counselors would go together and we would normally visit two or three homes of members of our ward. And, you know, if I'm being honest at first, you know, going out on a Wednesday night, um, you know, after a long day of work, um, maybe it wasn't something that we were looking forward to, but it was such a valuable experience, not only to get to know members of our ward, better understand their needs, but just to spend time with this great priesthood leader that has so much experience, um, you know, has served in so many different capacities. And I think as well, it really built, built trust. You know, we were able to build trust with him, um, And he's really been a mentor to all of us that were in that presidency. And I I think those opportunities um, that leaders should take, um, you know, to really reach out and to take YSA under their wings, you know, not only do they have benefits in the immediate and helping that ward function and minister and bless people's lives, but, you know, those are experiences that, you know, I'll never forget and and hopefully, um, you know, maybe one day I could have an opportunity to serve YSA or, or someone else in that capacity as well.
1: What I'm hearing here is you both are in these leadership capacities, but there's also a strong mentorship culture. It's not just like a, Hey, we're going to throw you into the deep end and hope you figure it out. Right. I don't think that would go over very well.
2: I think that's crucial. And I think that part of that mentorship also is not, is not, they are not these, um, these mentors in my experience are not there organizing everything and, um, setting everything up for success. They're there, um, giving pointers and showing by example, but giving a lot of responsibility and autonomy to, um, the YSA that they are serving with. And I think that is also crucial. Mentor leaders, um, for the YSA, um, understand that we are, <laughs> uh, well, I just understand that we can we can take on responsibility and we can be successful with it I think um, not to not to be negative but I have experienced some times in the ySA where there's just kind of a general attitude that that ySA are not as capable or not fully adults because we are not married <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's I think that's not ideal. Um, and not true. I, we are fully functioning, participating, fully participating members of the church with the ability to take on a lot of responsibility and be autonomous. Um, and the really wonderful thing about, um, the mentorships that I've experienced. And it sounds like the Alex's experiences that there is not any part of that attitude in the way that they serve with us and serve us and help us serve others. Um, it's very much, um, that they, um, give us responsibility, trust us and, um, provide autonomy also.
3: I totally agree with that. And, you know, I think one of the traps that's easy to fall into in a YSA board is feeling like you're in a holding pattern in various aspects of life. That could be your career, you're, you know, getting started, and you think, well, you know, once I get that job or that promotion, things will be great. And yeah, as we know, yeah, there's always something else. Um, and I think the same way with, um, you know, getting married. Obviously, that's something that people in YSA is, you know, you're in that spot in life and that's something that you're looking forward to. You know, I, I do think that, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, we're not static, right. We're either progressing or we're, we're regressing and, you know, helping YSA navigate that and um, really have that hope and that optimism for the future um, is really important. And You know, and unfortunately I think there are YSA that feel like, you know, post COVID, you know, kind of with dating, you feel like there's not a lot of hope, (laughs) not to sound too gloomy, but I think, I think there's a great opportunity here for people to really be bought in as full participants in the gospel and to see that path of progression forward. That's not limited by your marital status and obviously that's something that you're still pursue it's a it's a great goal and thing to pursue but um really helping c- people catch the vision of you know this is the impact that I, I can have now today and and not being static on any front
2: one of the wonderful things about um at least that i've experienced in this area the vast majority of ysas who are active at this point are active because of because and only because they have a testimony of the gospel and that's really wonderful to see. And it's, but it also is hard when you can see all of these, um, when you can see the desires of all of these YSAs. Um, and then like Alex said, there is, it's a, it's hard to not feel like you're in a, in a, um, I think Alex, you said a holding pattern, sort of a, static, I'm on this plane, not going up, not going down. Um, And so it's hard, it's hard not to feel that way. And it's also hard not to be seen that way. I think sometimes that I think that this new initiative can be really wonderful in helping YSAs feel like they are part of the gospel as a whole and the church as a whole, instead of in a small kind of pocket that maybe is a static place sometimes or feels like a status place static place sometimes
0: two words that stood out to me as you both were um telling your stories and your experiences were capable and trust and I love those two words because I feel like as YSAs we want to feel that we're capable of doing things right like Heavenly Father is calling me to do this. I feel so inadequate, but somehow we want to feel that we're capable because we want to, um, we want to do what Heavenly Father is asking us to do. And we want to help others feel that they're also capable and that they, they're trusted. And I feel like, um, at least in my experience in why I say wards in my own experience, I, I don't feel very capable of doing a lot of things. Um, but it, it's been that trust f- from my older leaders, but also from my my YSA leaders, my YSA friends that has helped me to be like, okay, I can do this. I am understanding how to help others. I'm understanding how, uh, how to be a leader. Um, now that you're in this uh, leadership position, how are you seeing that you're being able to help other YSAs to feel that they're also trusted and that they're capable of doing things and being leaders. Oh, and also how, sorry, I want to add to this, how, how are we helping older leaders to trust us more with those leadership positions that they're giving us now uh, and to have that mentality towards our generation?
3: That's a great question. So one thing that we've really tried to focus on in our ward is really building out our our temple family history and um, missionary work efforts. And you know, this is this is probably the most successful ward I've been in from a missionary work standpoint. We have a baptism of a YSA brother this this upcoming Saturday. Um, Not, not long after I moved into the ward, um, there was a young man that, um, found the missionaries, was baptized and was actually sealed to a sister in our ward on his year mark from the date that he got baptized. So it's been really fun to see, see the great progress that we've made. And it's obviously we've had help from adult leaders, but it's really been why I say driven and led. I think one of the interesting things about this younger generation is um, we crave a purpose and making an impact and, and being a force for good. And I think our, our stake leaders and our ward leaders have done a really good job of training up the different organizations, how to function, how to coordinate together. Uh, we have really good coordination between our elders quorum and relief society counselors that are assigned to uh, temple family history and missionary work. And that, that integration has, I think really allowed for, you know, great things to happen. And, you know, as people gain experience, as they see the success um, as you have that, I think it builds confidence um, in each other. It builds trust between, you know, adult leaders and YSA leaders that, um, you know, we, we can do this and we're capable of doing this. Um, so that's something I've seen really the training from, from the leadership standpoint. Um, you know, I know there's the Joseph Smith quote, of uh, teaching them correct principles and letting them govern themselves. And I think we're trying to implement that. And, um, at least from my experience, I've seen that, um, have a really big impact.
2: I'm thinking, I'm going back to, um, the question about how to, uh, how to support and help, um, YSAs or build trust with other YSAs. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with taking ownership in your own callings and also supporting others in their callings and supporting them in their, as they take ownership of leadership positions that they're in, um, and I think that that is a really wonderful strength of YSA awards, actually. Um, that we can we the YSA awards that I've been in um, that have been really successful are the ones where um, there's so much support shown to each other in callings and in um, in the different programs and just a lot of um, enthusiasm for the gospel and for these responsibilities that we've been given. And I. And I think that again, more leadership opportunities for YSAs will help expand that um, ownership of the gospel and the church and programs, and ownership of service within the ward and missionary work. And all of those um, wonderful aspects of the gospel um, that can be that the YSA wards again, I think, are really have the potential to be really good at.
3: You know, one of the interesting things in YSA wards, because we don't have, you know, primary, we don't have nursery, you know, there are different auxiliary organizations that we don't have. And as a result, those are, um, you know, opportunities for callings that can't exactly be filled. I've experienced this and especially in student wards where you want to give everybody a calling in the ward and, um, sometimes, you know, callings are created that um, you know, maybe don't have a lot of guidance or you know, the calling's given and there's not much follow-up afterwards. Um, I think one thing that's really important um in empowering YSA is trying to give meaningful callings for members and helping them understand you know, these are the responsibilities that that come with this calling. This is how to be successful. And, you know, making a commitment to help that member be successful. I think that really goes a long way. And, um, you know, that can be from someone that's in an elders quorum presidency to a ward missionary, but really giving those members the tools and helping them feel like they're a part of the effort and we're invested in their development is really important.
1: You know, I've made this analogy before, but I'll Say it again. It's almost like a shift from having the minor league, major league mentality of, hey, this is like, you can't be here quite yet. Just saying we can all be part of the same league. We're all part of the same family. And that big of a shift, it sounds like affected both of you. And I know it's affected me as well in terms of saying, hey, it's not about your marital status. It's not about the fact that we don't believe in you. We do believe in you and we do think that you can do good. And I really liked what Tamsin said early about being really invigorated to do the work and how we're always looking for opportunities to serve. And one of the biggest things about being a YSA, at least for me, this might be personal, but it's also just you want to have a purpose for also going to church. It's great. I have faith. I want to be there. I want to do the best I can. But there's something about being engaged in the work. Um, we read in the scriptures, you want to be anxiously engaged in the work. And when you are, you have such a big testimony booth boost and a faith builder. And I wanted to ask, how have you seen yourselves change as you've taken on these different responsibilities and as you've worked with other leadership positions as well in
2: your own life? It's hard to separate that from the way that I kind of just the overall, I think, development in the gospel that I've seen in myself. And it's hard to see that in yourself at all, I think. But, um, but I know that when I've been given responsibility and especially, I mean, there's such power that comes from being given a calling, you're set apart to this calling. Um, you have, I have such a, such a strong testimony of the power of, um, of the priesthood and being set apart for a calling and being given what you need for that calling. That has been a really powerful influence in the way that I see the calling that I am being, whatever calling it was that I was, um, that I was set apart to be um, or to serve in um, that setting apart and being given power from God to fulfill this specific calling has been, really, really incredible to me. And I've been able to look back and think, um, think about the setting apart blessing and also recognize that this is, this is important no matter. I mean, even if I think my first calling in a YSA ward was the ward, it was like the ward history, something or other. So basically, and I think I was in charge of the programs for, for a sacrament meeting and then in charge of producing award history at every year. Um, so it was not, (laughs) it was not a big calling at all. And it was not, um, something where I was responsible for someone else necessarily or, or some big program. Um, but I remember being set apart and just feeling or recognizing that this was, um, this was an important job and that it, it was important enough that I was called by God to fulfill this and been given responsibility and um, also the ability to fulfill it in the right way.
3: You know, one of the things that's always been something I've tried to to get better at and is challenging is you know how do I personally receive revelation and how do I hear that voice and I think in the world that we live in there's so many competing interests and voices and that can be really hard. Um, that's something I've learned a lot from in having opportunities to serve is being able to participate in in councils and receive that revelation and understand how that process works and what that feels like and I feel like that's helped fortify me in my personal life when challenging times have come, I think helping YSAs develop those skills, understand how to hear him and, and to receive that personal revelation is really important because those challenging times will eventually come and having that baseline, having that reservoir of of faith is really important. And, um, I think can go a long way and in helping, all of us throughout our lives deal with those challenges and and develop stronger faith in the Savior.
0: Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared so far. I feel like um, I just met you guys and and it looks like you guys have this light and this love for the Lord, the gospel, working with the YSAs. And I'm sure that's why the Lord has called you and He's trusted you uh, because you're inspiring other YSAs. What are the needs that the YSAs are telling you, that are sharing with you in that part of the world, and how are you listening to those?
3: I think, I think wherever you go in the world, YSAs, you know, there are differences with YSAs, but there are so many similarities, uh, whether it's in the United States, in Brazil, in the Philippines, and YSAs, just like all of us, um, want to feel valued. And loved, and um, want to feel like we're we're a part of something. And I think, as leaders, strive to get to know YSAs on a personal level, spend time with them. I think I think developing that that bond and that love for YSAs will really help leaders understand the concerns of the YSAs, understand their experiences, and know how to best serve them.
2: I think, um, and this actually. Has to do with what Alex was saying, but um, I have had the opportunity to um, to get to know a lot more YSA than I otherwise would, a lot more YSA in my area than I otherwise would, and honestly, it really does come down to letting letting other YSA know that you like you sit down in a conversation with them and you and you talk with them and you're actually interested in what they're saying, you're interested in their life, and express that. That is a huge part of being able to, um, uh, understand where YSA are just to help them feel like there is someone, their peers or their leaders who, um, who not only are taking the time to talk to them, but care about what they're saying, care about where they are in life. Um, and I think another important part of this is also just Again, building trust with other YSA, as a YSA, building trust with my peers, um, so that they, um, value me as a person I've, and they know that I value them as a person and they will trust me with their thoughts and their feelings and their true, what they act, what they, what they think, what they're struggling with. Um, and so building that trust and just letting, letting them know that there are people who care about them. And really do pay attention to how they're doing and what they're struggling with, and um, they feel safe to bring up concerns about the gospel or concerns about their personal life
0: so it sounds like you also have like great examples of leaders that you've um you've mentioned you you look up to them, they've been of really good help. Um, I'm interesting. And knowing how you are helping them to understand us a little better, to to hear us, to make us feel like we're listened and maybe give a word of encouragement to those leaders, older leaders out there that are maybe struggling with understanding what we go through, what our challenges are, listening to us, what would you tell them and how are you helping your leaders do that in DC?
2: Uh, I feel like I've been very, very lucky in the leaders that I've, that I've had um, and that they've, they have taken this principle of um, trusting and, and giving um, kind of authority, autonomy um, to, um, to us YSAs. I've been very lucky with that. But I think something that's really important as YSAs to do is just to kind of speak up and be willing to say, actually, I feel really strongly about this. This issue, and here's what I think about it, and here's why, and this has been my experience, and I really think we should consider maybe switching directions and and changing this item that we're discussing. So I think I think being willing to speak up, and it's intimidating sometimes, but I think it's so important um, as why I say that we do that, and I think for for older leaders, I think. I think that I would say just recognize that we are—think of us as peers. We are We are fully invested members of the church who um, want to serve with you and want to learn from you and also be trusted by you, but also just— even be your, we want, we want you as a friend also. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have to be a, a leader and led relationship all the time. I think it can be really, really wonderful friendships. So think of us as, as peers that you're serving along, um, alongside and for YSAs. Um, again, I think it's just really important to voice, um, our, Thoughts and ideas, and trust that leaders will uh, listen and want to hear us.
0: Alex, so what would be a word of encouragement for older leaders out there that may, maybe are struggling a little bit with um, letting YSAs lead or listening to their needs?
3: One piece of advice I might have is don't be afraid to let us fail. Um, and I don't want that to sound negative, but Um, you know, so I've had priesthood leaders that have allowed us to, you know, we've come up with a plan as YSAs, we think our plan is great. We think it's foolproof, it's infallible, it's going to work. Um, and then it doesn't work in in practice. And, um, I think that's still a really valuable experience, um, for YSAs to have and for us to problem solve um and to really gain that experience there's no way for us to really learn or grow if we don't fall down and have to pick ourselves back up so you know i would say for leaders you know be there to to help your ysa support them obviously give counsel and advice um but if things don't go exactly according to plan that's okay and um you know be loving be kind you know help ysas learn but That's a part of letting them lead too, is sometimes things may not go exactly the way that you would have done it, but that's a part of that learning and growing process.